Welcome to Walk Around the Block, where today we're putting off everything we can. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Well, Christmas is around the corner, and along with being full of holiday spirit, we are in full procrastination mode around here. (laughs) And I do mean full procrastination mode. (laughs) Whatever the term is for the most procrastination, (laughs) that's it. That's what we got. Um, I wouldn't say I am like a textbook procrastinator. I am sort of an odd combo because I do see things on the horizon. I know things are coming. I anticipate them and plan for them. Like, for example, gifts. I'll put stuff in my cards all year long. I'll make notes in my phone. However, (laughs) I do outthink myself a little bit. For example, let's say I see something I think someone will like. I put it in my Amazon cart, let's say. If it's not urgent, I may not immediately hit purchase. Instead, I think things like, this will probably go on sale at some point. And then once we've gone through all the sales, where do I ship it to? Does it make sense to ship it to myself? Or do I want to ship it directly to the person if that applies? Usually if they don't live close, you will want to ship it to them. But what about the timing on that? Are they going to open it too early? Do you care if they open it early? What's the best way to distinguish my Amazon box from the three other Amazon boxes they're getting? What if I find something else I like better? Does it make more sense to give it to this person, let's say, for their birthday instead of Christmas due to the time of year? What about the big picture? You know, we're spending this on that person. How much are we spending on this other person? What do we think everyone else is getting them? (laughs) That's just gifts. (laughs) Then you factor in what you're doing and when. (laughs) I mean, you could do this all day. Which then plays into the other aspect of my personality, which is that I've had an entire career based around breaking news, deadlines, which I do great with. Even as a kid in school, I was like that. What's the deadline? How long do I have? My husband is also a big deadline person. So, you know, at that point, it's like, forget it. (laughs) We're just working toward our deadline. (laughs) So, So we've been in the middle where it's like some prep has been done, but we're not quite to the deadline. It's kind of like the middle no man's land. The procrastination station of this year's Polar Express ride, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) At any rate, the following are some things that I have been doing instead of decision-making, gift-buying, or otherwise merry-making this week. (laughs) Uh, Number one, leaving comments on New York Times stories. (laughs) Someday I'm going to write a movie about this comment section of the New York Times. Maybe a book. Obviously, it has to be a certain kind of story. It's not every story or every comment, of course. But there are certain stories. I've talked about this before. I would say they really bring out the humanity of the readers. My favorites, of course, are the funny ones. People can be very funny, uh, but they can be very heartfelt, too. You know, they'll tell these personal anecdotes. There is a character limit, so they're quick ones, which helps. But Just these great little slice of life things that are so relatable and humanizing. 
They give great advice. There are people in their 70s, 80s, 90s leaving comments with just the most tremendous perspective. People are commenting from all over the country, even the world sometimes. On a certain kind of story, the comments are great. While I will peruse them and often delight in them, I typically, though, do not contribute my own comments. (laughs) I think I have maybe once before. That will show you the level of procrastination we're talking about. I needed to do something I didn't want to do today, so instead I was sitting in my chair reading this very sentimental Christmas story with these very tender comments, so of course I felt like I just had to acknowledge a couple of them right then. (laughs) I left too. They were nice. You know, just spreading my little bit of cheer. (laughs) Well, well, my husband looks at me like, okay, so this is what we're doing right now, huh? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is what we're doing. (laughs) He knows. It's more of a rhetorical look. (laughs) Uh, You know what I think would really be amazing, though, is a movie about a person who sees all these comments and exchanges and is the one who approves them because someone has to look at all of them and approve them first before they show up. This person is like the orchestrator of these brief little interactions bringing people together. If that is not the start of a possible Christmas holiday movie, maybe let's say on Amazon Prime, I don't know what is. Dreaming up possible holiday movie plot lines is not the number two way I've been procrastinating. Although I guess it could turn into a number on the list before we're through. (laughs) Uh, The number two way I've been procrastinating, this was earlier in the week. I am not going to spend a super long time on this because I might come back around on it later when we finish the season. I am not totally sure what made me think of this, but (laughs) the last season the Oprah show was on, she did a second show for OWN that was all the behind the scenes of the talk show, almost like a reality show of the making of the Oprah Winfrey show. I feel like I didn't fully know about this while it was going on. Like I kind of did. I had seen some of it, but not all of it. Anyway, there was this one episode I do remember seeing. Jennifer Hudson was coming to be on Oprah. She was in Chicago on Thursday, showed up for the sound check. The show was taping Friday the next day. She left Chicago that night to perform at a private show at Jerry Jones' house, the Cowboys owner. She didn't tell Oprah or any of the producers she was leaving. And then there was an ice storm in Dallas that night, and there was all this drama about getting her back. Oprah was so mad. (laughs) Because, you know, they have this studio audience, like people traveling for the show. They can't just reschedule a show at the drop of a hat. It was so good. (laughs) Jennifer Hudson got there, and Oprah was like, I'm going to talk to her privately without the cameras. And you're just like, oh, boy. (laughs) She is in so much trouble right now. (laughs) Uh, They talked it out. They made up. They did the interview. They've done other interviews together since. And Jennifer Hudson said a lot of nice things about Oprah when she started her own talk show. (laughs) But at the time, it was very dramatic. Anyway, so so there's this show that exists, and I guess talking last week about Taylor Swift's walk through Central Park with Harry Styles made me nostalgic for the early 2010s, <laughs> so, so I decided I wanted to try to watch it. No time like the present. 
Um, Oprah's talk show went off the air in 2011, so it was close to the same time. There are some missing episodes. I'm not sure what the story is behind that, but anyway, we found most of the series, and my husband watched a bunch of episodes with me the other night when we should have been online looking for Christmas gifts. It is amazing. (laughs) I love it. My husband thinks most of the producers are performing for the cameras. He's like, the only person who's being real on this thing is Oprah. (laughs) And maybe Sherry. Sherry Salata. She was the executive producer. She's in every episode. And and Gail, she's in a couple episodes, and he's like, she's real. He thinks everyone else is performing for the cameras, though. <laughs> and I'm like, they probably are, but I don't care. I still love it. There's parts that are obviously like they're saying it for the cameras. You know, there was one where they're like, oh, we think John Stewart is running late. Does, does anyone know if his plane landed? He might be running late. <laughs> like, oh, you know, <laughs> building up the tension. But then he walked in like everything was fine and didn't seem rushed at all. So it was probably a little played up. But there is also definitely stuff that's actually happening, like drama with guests and things. Some of it kind of reminds me of my old job. I am super into it. (laughs) I've been Googling everyone to see what they've been up to over the last decade. I look at their LinkedIn pages. Obviously, they've all had great careers. I found out two of them got married to each other. That was exciting. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) One way I have not been procrastinating is by watching Hallmark Christmas movies, We did watch one last weekend on Amazon Prime. It was pretty good. But I saw an article from Variety, I guess yesterday, ranking the 24 all-time best Hallmark holiday movies. I guess one for every day leading up to Christmas. Of course, I had to skim it. There are two from this year on the list, and they're actually both in the top five ever. One is at number five. It's called Lights, Camera, Christmas. (laughs) Uh, The official logline is when a holiday rom-com movie shooting in her town needs a costume designer, Carrie, a local shop owner, steps into the role. While working on the movie, she rediscovers her passion for costume design and finds herself falling for Brad, the film's famous leading man. A movie within a movie. They say there's a surprise romantic twist between the producers and, like, the fake movie. Intriguing. The other one is third. I mentioned this a couple months ago. I have not seen it, but it's the one that I guess was kind of inspired by Three Men and a Baby. It's called, appropriately, (laughs) Three Wise Men and a Baby. (laughs) I mean, number three, that is basically all the encouragement I need. Thanks, Variety. (laughs) I guess I know what we'll be doing Sunday night. (laughs) Uh, There is, of course, actual stuff left to be done. While I was clicking around the New York Times, not today, but another day, I did read an article about the psychology of gift giving in case anyone is still getting their list done like me and needs some pointers. It talks a lot about the emotions of giving presents, like why it's so meaningful when someone gives you a thoughtful gift and why it can sometimes make you feel not that way (laughs) if someone gives you a less than thoughtful gift. Like, it's often not necessarily about the thing. It's about the thought behind the thing, you know? They give an example. One person got diamond earrings, which they did not think was a great gift. And another person got ramen noodles, which they loved. The story says, this is a quote, 
The diamond earrings bombed, for example, because the giver had not noticed that the recipient, his girlfriend of three years, did not have pierced ears. (laughs) The instant ramen, on the other hand, was a hit because that particular flavor, spicy miso, was not widely available, and the recipient's mother, who knew her son was crazy about it, tracked down a case. They go on to say context is important and a gift success depends less on things like cost and presentation, things like that, and more on a giver's ability to listen, observe, and empathize, like putting yourself in the position of the person you're giving the gift to. The article has a lot of pointers. If you want to break it down into some do's and don'ts, I would say one big do, really the biggest thing that matters, is what they say about being observant. Like the ramen example. Like, it doesn't have to be crazy. This one lady, I can't remember where I read it, but she said she worked with someone who said she powered through veterinary school on ding-dongs and Mountain Dew. So for a work anniversary, they got her ding-dongs and Mountain Dew, and she loved it. If you notice that someone looks good in blue or wears blue a lot, maybe they have blue eyes, get them a blue scarf. If they say they like the edges of brownies the best, get them one of those edge pans off Amazon. If their phone is always dying, get them a portable charger. If they keep saying, oh, I'm so stressed out, get them like a self-care thing, like an oil diffuser or something. I don't know. Things like that. The don't basically came down to two things, I want to say. The first is that there's a fine line between giving someone something you would like and giving them something they would like. If there's like a nice seasonal candle you love, I mean, I think that's a nice thing to share with someone else. I think most people would like that. But if like you love cooking and would love a new set of measuring spoons, like you see some and you think they're so cute, but you give them to someone who you're not even sure likes to cook or bake, like it might not go over great. (laughs) If they openly don't like to cook, they might even take it as a shot. My sister does not really like to cook. One year, though, she did express an interest in wanting to build up like a small repertoire of a few more like simple recipes she could do quickly, easily, things like that. So I put together a little mini recipe book for her of like five ingredient or less things, probably gave it to her with some kind of kitchen item along with like an eyeshadow or something to be safe. But I would not have done that for her without a green light. (laughs) Can you imagine? Um, when we were dating, my husband got me a crock pot for Valentine's Day. (laughs) He gave me other things too, flowers, we went to dinner, but he did get me a crock pot and his mom was very concerned about that when he told her he was getting me that. She was like, I'm just not sure that's a good idea. Are you sure she's going to want that? He was like, I'm sure, I'm sure. She said she wanted to get a new one. I think she's going to like it. And I did, I did like it. It showed he was paying attention to what I said. I found it to be a thoughtful gift. We still use it to this day, (laughs) but his mom was correct. (laughs) If I hadn't said something, (laughs) I might not have enjoyed that as a gift. Like I might have been like, what exactly do you mean by this gift? (laughs) Uh, Which brings us to the second don't. Don't use your gifts to drop hints. It's, you know, it's probably not the time. (laughs) The gift is enough. We don't need to package up a bundle of passive-aggressive hints with a ribbon to go along with it, too. (laughs) 
Everyone gives me wonderful gifts. I'm not using any personal examples. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm very fortunate. But some examples, uh, one was in the article, a woman who always wore her hair curly got a flat iron from her mother-in-law, which, you know, could definitely be construed as a hint. <laughs> uh, don't give someone a set of hand weights if you don't know they like to work out, things like that. I Googled around and found a couple others. Another mother-in-law one, someone... <laughs> Someone said their mother-in-law gave them a book about how to take criticism. (laughs) I mean, I will say it was probably memorable. (laughs) Someone else said they got a $5 Starbucks gift card, which is nice. You know, like, get yourself a drink on me, except for the fact that the closest Starbucks was over 100 miles away. (laughs) Like, what's the thinking that went into that? (laughs) I guess that's the point. Um, also maybe a bonus tip going along with the context, maybe think about what you've gotten them before. Someone in the comments of the story said her best friend opened a Tiffany's box from her husband on Christmas morning. He was very proud of himself. He said, it just looks like something you'd wear. (laughs) He was right. It did look like something she'd wear because she was actually wearing it at that very moment. (laughs) He'd given her the same exact necklace the year before. (laughs) Someone else chimed in and was like, oh, yeah, my husband gave me the same earrings two years in a row. (laughs) I have to say I did that once. (laughs) I got my dad a Roku two years in a row. (laughs) I was like, oh, one for the downstairs TV, one for the upstairs TV. (laughs) Uh, Totally busted. Too many people to keep track of. Now I have an Excel document I use. (laughs) That's another pro tip. (laughs) Um, Of course, we could all just cut out the middlemen and get ourselves a little something this year. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Merry Christmas. That's it for today's Walk Around the Block. Follow the podcast on Instagram at WalkTheBlockPod. Subscribe or follow on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts and leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you to all who have left reviews already, and I'll see you in a couple weeks.